Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. I am thrilled to have Ben Jones of BMO Global Asset Management with me today. He is the head of intermediary distribution, which he can uh, tell us what that is in a minute. And he also is a fellow podcaster. He is uh, a co-host of BMO's Better Conversations, Better Outcomes. It's a podcast series I was recently on. And so we decided that it'd be great to have Ben on Breaking Money Silence. Welcome, Ben, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about what you do and help us understand your role at BMO. Yeah, sure. Uh, So I work in BMO Global Asset Management's intermediary distribution, which means that I have the pleasure of uh, having a responsibility for the distribution of BMO Global Asset Management's investment solutions through financial advisors and intermediaries that are out there to help the general public with their money and investing decisions. Awesome. And when you're not at work, I understand that you and I share some uh, hobbies, such as skiing, hiking, mountain biking, and I'm not a very good gardener, so I would not say gardening. Um, But you spend uh, time with your wife and your two daughters in Utah doing those fun activities. Yeah, I think the outdoors has always been such an important part of my life and uh, provides me a, a lot of opportunity to reflect and, uh, and just uh, enjoy the great outdoors. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll have to agree. Uh, let's get to your myth because I think it's a really interesting one and I want to take some time to understand it and to be able to bust it open. So the myth that you wanted to take a look at today is financial advisors are hired for investment advice. So Ben, tell me a little bit about what motivated you to pick this myth. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, Kathleen. During my career, I've really been blessed with the opportunity to work across multiple segments of the wealth management industry. And, you know, in addition, as you noted, I have the pleasure of co-hosting BMO Global Asset Management's Better Conversations, Better Outcomes podcast. And in that podcast, we kind of investigate all aspects of the world of wealth advising. And these two experiences have really kind of culminated to provide me with one of the primary learnings that I've had over my career, and that is that significant value from a financial advisor usually lies at the intersection of money and emotion, and it's not, you know, some sort of miraculous investment advice. And so you say that it's a myth. So do you think the majority of consumers out there really just believe, oh, I'm just hiring this advisor for investment advice? Do you believe that advisors think that, or is it a blend between the two? Uh, I think it's a blend between the two. Certainly no one's at fault, and I think it has more to do with probably um, the name of your podcast than anything else. I mean, you know, if you think about it, back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people really weren't talking about money topics. And so it was a lot easier to talk about your investments. And it was a lot more fun and and kind of better cocktail conversation, if you will, to talk to your friends about. 
than it was to talk about things like your relationship with money and what money means to you. And of course, you know, what you'd like money to do for you. And so nowadays it's different? Well, I think we're getting there. And I think that uh, real financial advisors really understand now that um, the goal of their work is to help people have better outcomes by achieving the objectives that they have for their money. And while investments are part of those decisions, oftentimes it's poor you know, human behavior that lead them to not achieving those goals. I mean, if you think about it, um, investment performance and fees, you know, which often, you know, were things that were talked about with, you know, an investment, you know, quote unquote advisor, actually have a lot less impact on an individual's outcome versus kind of managing their own human behavior or nature. For example, if someone was to save double digits for, say, retirement, then that, that would have a much more significant impact on uh, on their outcome than earning, say, a quarter of a percent better in your investment returns. So it's a really, I mean, I think what you're talking about, and obviously I'm a fan of the money and emotion connection and having advisors talk about that, but really what you're looking at is where does the client live and how does, you know, some clients live in the investment world, um, but a majority of them uh, actually, you know, have different money behaviors and that can make a big difference to be able to talk to someone about those money behaviors and improve them in addition to getting investment advice? You know, for most people, I think, especially those new to kind of financial advice or investments, it can be pretty intimidating. You know, the industry's kind of created its own language. Uh, they've also, you know, assumed that most people need, you know, kind of investment advice because these are pretty scary topics for someone to approach. And so they usually seek someone out to help them kind of unpack these terminologies and help them, you know, with this thing that they think is, is really, you know, complicated, investing. But um, there are a lot of conversations that advisors engage their clients in that actually lie at this intersection of money and emotion that have much more significant impacts on outcome. And in a lot of ways, they kind of have more impacts on life as well. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the neat things. For, for example, you know, we've all heard about the fear and greed cycle, and everyone says you should buy low and sell high. And, you know, we know empirically through data that most people buy high and, and sell low or panic sell. And so, you know, when you decide you're going to kind of, quote unquote, time the market, you have to get two decisions right, when to sell and when to buy. Advisors really can be a critical intermediary in providing kind of an objective voice of reason to keep clients focused on their long-term objections and away from making short-term emotional decisions. Now, that's an example of an investment conversation, but not specifically about the investments themselves. Some other examples that are much more kind of maybe goal or emotional or oriented is the concept of paying down debt versus savings the philosophy of funding children's education and what uh, an individual's preferences might be as well as what the, um, you know, tools and resources they have to achieve that. Uh, or, you know, really messy ones. I, I love this. We had a, a guest on the show a while back that really talked about this issue of leaving 
you know, inheritances to kids. And this, you know, kind of rings true for me. We've had some family um, discussions about some of these things recently with my wife and I. And um, these tend to be really emotional decisions. For example, someone might say, you know, they want to leave one child with the family business because they feel like they'd be a better steward of it than another child. I mean, can you imagine the type of emotional toll that that takes on both a couple as well as, you know, the children after the the, uh, parents are gone? Yeah, and I think a lot of times if you can discuss any of these uh, kind of messy conversations, if you can, or messy topics, that if you can have that conversation, even though it's challenging with your kids or your uh, beneficiaries, uh, you're better off for having it. And it, it's it's funny that you say that because over the weekend, I'm going to sound like a really fun person, but over the weekend, I was hanging out with my nephew and his girlfriend and we were having a lot of fun, but we also uh, wanted to ask him to be the executor of our will because we don't have kids. And so we had that money conversation and it wasn't very long and it was just one of many conversations, um, but it really highlighted to me how you just need to kind of break through and have those conversations. And not everyone um, has the training that I have where I can go ahead and do it. Um, So it's really important to work with advisors who can help you figure out how do I have this conversation? When do I have it? uh, And how often do I need to be revisiting this dialogue? Oh, I agree. And I think this is really where people um, should seek financial advisors' expertise. Not so much you know, like they do kind of for, quote, unquote, being an investment advisor, but real financial advisors have experience with these situations across the rest of their client base. And while we all think our situation is unique, the circumstances around our situation might be unique, but the um, solutions advisors have experience with across their entire client base. And so it really allows advisors to you know, be objective, to empathize, to coach, and of course, problem solve with you to help achieve your financial objectives, because there's a lot of different ways to get to the goal that you have in mind. Well, you know, Ben, one of the things that comes to mind as we're talking about this is the whole idea that I think a lot of people have a misconception and do believe this myth that advisors are hired only for investment advice. Or the other one that I hear a lot is, you know, I don't have enough money to meet with an advisor. So do you have any ideas about how, and this is a big question, but how we can change the industry and the per, uh, the perception that somehow that's all that advisors do? Um, I see a lot of young people who could use financial advice or having these conversations with a, a skilled advisor that aren't because they still believe in these myths? You know, I'm glad you asked. I, I do have uh, a thought on this, and but before I maybe dive into some specific, you know, kind of uh, thoughts on how we can break this down a bit, I just also say that the financial industry itself, especially the financial advising industry, is evolving as well. And so I think there was a time when there was a feeling that financial advisors were for, quote-unquote, rich people. But the industry and the business models have evolved quite rapidly so that financial advice is becoming more and more approachable for people with no money, some money, a little money, or a lot of money. And I think that's a, a great development in the evolution of the financial advice industry. As for breaking down the, you know, um, kind of the myth itself, I think whenever I come across something that I find uh, that I buy into that may or may not be true, I always like to reflect and ask myself some questions with kind of honest reflection. And so um, 
this really helps me a lot, and so that might be why I, uh, you know, think it's a good idea for others that are p- contemplating this. But I'd, I'd ask your audience to kind of think of three questions uh, that they could ask themselves. First and foremost is, what topics related to money do I think about or worry about often? The second is, if I increased my investment return, would that solve that problem? And if so, how much would be required, and is that return realistic? And the third question is, how would solving these problems improve my life? And those might be benefits like, you know, reduce stress, time with friends and family, or freedom of time, happiness. These are kind of the the emotional aspects of outcomes that we seek usually when we're trying to improve something uh, related to money. And so by asking those questions, what topics related to money do I worry about or think about often? If I increase my investment return, would it solve that problem? And how would solving these problems improve my life is, I think, the first step to getting people to understand what it is that they're actually seeking from a financial advisor. Those are excellent questions. One of the things I really believe in is being curious and being curious about your relationship with money. And so this is something that, you know, people can do that's very concrete that I think is really useful. And so when they get their own answers and and are able to kind of drill down and, and figure out what they want from an investment advisor, can you say a little bit about what they can expect or where they can find these uh, advisors who are willing to uh, talk about the emotional side of money and not just the uh, technical side? Yeah, I think, um, well, I guess the first thing I'd say is for your listeners that already have an advisor, they might be surprised if they re-engaged with that advisor on these topics, that that actually might change the dynamic. It could be that your advisor actually has quite a bit of experience and spends a lot of time advising clients on these types of topics, but because of the way that you approach them or because of the way that your relationships evolved, you might just you know, not be discussing or re-engaging on these topics. So if you have an advisor, it's a great opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, level set, do some discovery, and re-engage with them. If you don't have an advisor, I think one of the ways to seek, you know, uh, advice out uh, around these conversation topics is to go to the CFP's website, the uh, Certified Financial Planner's website. You can look up CFPs or or, uh, licensed CFPs in your area online. And those are certified financial planners uh, that really spend their time in the financial planning aspects of financial advice. And so, you know, they've taken it very serious. They've gone and they've got accredited. And, you know, they usually have uh, references available upon request. I think those are great resources, and we'll certainly put links to uh, the CFP website for referrals, and we will list out your three questions so anybody who's listening in that wants to uh, take some time to reflect upon them, they can. Um, But before we let you go, uh, I wanted to hear a little bit more about your award-winning podcast and also what's up at at BMO uh, Global Asset Management uh, this fall that might be of interest to our listeners. Sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, uh, BMO Global Asset Management's podcast is Better Conversations, Better Outcomes. And 
uh, we really explore the world of wealth advising from every angle. And one of the things that uh, I think has been really exciting about the podcast is that the primary audience is certainly financial advisors. And so for a lot of uh, maybe your listeners that, that aren't financial advisors, maybe some of the topics aren't applicable. But a lot of the topics really touch on things that uh, can be quite impactful and beneficial for folks to learn about. For example, coming up this fall, we have a guest on the show that's talking about the various different Social Security claiming strategies that, uh, that people should consider. And, uh, you know, if they should consider, you know, delaying claiming until they're 70 or, or taking their claims now as, as well as the future of the Social Security system. So uh, from time to time, there are topics that are very beneficial to uh, your audience. And uh, for those who are looking to find the podcast, you can go on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and just type in Better Conversations, Better Outcomes, and it'll pop up. As for BMO Global Asset Management, we have some tools that are going to be coming out this fall that I think your audience might be interested in. Uh, first and, and foremost is we always put out a long-term uh, secular outlook for global markets. So that is not your typical, we predict the market's going to do X by tomorrow, but it is a three- to five-year outlook on the drivers of uh, you know, the global investment markets. And again, you know, I have listened to your podcast, been a guest on your podcast, and I do think there's certain episodes that uh, any of us could benefit from listening, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've also enjoyed this conversation with you today. Ben, thank you so much for breaking money silence with me. Thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing to put this podcast out into the world and, and help really break down uh, money silence uh, among uh, all of us. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.